You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Have you ever gotten a gift and not seen the value of it at first? For years, my grandma would give me batteries for Christmas every single year without fail. You could count on it. And as I remember, as I would excitedly open through all of these gifts that now I don't even remember, I would finally come to that one simple heavy bag. And I knew exactly what was inside. I didn't even have to open it. I didn't have to unwrap it. There was nothing to see there. You could just move right along. And it's been a couple years now since Grandma passed, and I don't get batteries for Christmas anymore. Looking back on it, the gift I never would have bought for myself was the one that I never had to. It was just there, consistently. The gift I felt like I could have done without proved to be the most useful. And the gift I least looked forward to getting was actually one of the most memorable, memorable ones of all. It's a gift that was never on my list. That even felt a little impersonal at times. Has now become a meaningful picture of her love for me. Her presence with me. 2020 hasn't exactly been the year any of us would have asked for. It hasn't been the year that any of us would have wanted. We've missed our normal life, our traditions, the simple pleasures of life that we took for granted. We've dealt with disappointment, the loss of a job, feeling surrounded by uncertainty, and we're looking for hope. We've gone through homeschooling, racial tension, political unrest, and all we wanted was a little peace. We've experienced anxiety, fear, depression, sickness, and and mourned the loss of loved ones. Now, more than ever, we're longing for joy. We've been locked down, disconnected, isolated, and all we need is love. Maybe we've even come to the end of this year questioning God's presence in our present reality. Sometimes, though, the things we never asked for in life hold God's greatest gifts to us. The gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love. The gift of God's presence in our present, our past, and our future and in a person, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the greatest gift of all, if only we'll unwrap it. Well, good morning, Paradox family and friends here in person watching with us online. Uh, We're excited to continue our series, Unwrapped, today. Um, We're going to be wrapping it up on December 24th, Christmas Eve, and I just want to encourage you to invite somebody with you. Uh, Whether you are inviting them to check things out online, maybe there's a family gathering of of some sort that you're able to participate in, or just, hey, this is a gift to you. Um, Here's a Starbucks gift card and an invitation to church or something. Um, You can use, we actually have a social media image that you can send to somebody. Tag somebody in. We would love if you would use this as a gift to those people that need 
hope, peace, joy, love in this season, uh, our gift to you, and you can re-gift it, if you will, all right? My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Paradox, and I just want to give a special shout out to the kids that are with us. Kids, where are you out? Let me hear you. Scream it out, kids. Yeah, it's so good that you are here with us. Hopefully, you're enjoying your busy bags. Parents, if you didn't get one, they're right out those doors, and if you need a break, all right? You can step outside the doors, mask up, go let them, let them play on the, on the playground or something. If they're a little bit loud in here, listen, breathe easy. It's okay, all right? We're all in this together, and it's quite all right. We're a family. We love that they're in here with us uh, as we get to gather here together. Well, I mentioned that, uh, that Gwen, my wife, is, is going to be preaching today. And uh, last week, we celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary. Thank you. Um, it's been, it's been awesome, mostly because of her. Um, but I go, I go back to those, those, that day, right, when we said, for better or for worse. And a lot of times when I perform weddings, I will say, um, you know, you're going to see each other at your very best and at your very worst. And when you spend 15 years together, and even we've been best friends for longer than that, you go through some hard times. And this year uh, has been the hardest of times for us. Uh, and not even just because of the pandemic, but there's been so much more. But I tell you, what she's going to share about pain and forgiveness today and peace in the midst of it has power. It has power because it has been lived out. And as someone who has walked alongside of her and seen her at some of her most painful times, her darkest times, I can tell you that this is a woman with great power who lives out every word of what she's about to share with you today. So I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful for what God has done in her and what God is, has done through her and is going to do through her today. Would you please welcome my wife, Gwen Kubiak. Morning, thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for having me here today. I'm, I'm just excited to be sharing with you. It's an honor. Um, like Dave said, this is the second week of our series at Paradox, um, Unwrapped, Discovering um, the Present of God's Presence in Our Lives. And in particular today, I'm going to be sharing with you about just his presence in the pain and challenges of life. Um, so before I share a little bit of my story, if you would just join me in prayer, that'd be awesome. Jesus, I just thank you that you are right here with us, um, that you were with us this morning as we were getting ready that you'll be with us later today. Um, I just thank you that you are at work in our hearts, that you're drawing people to yourself. And God, I just ask that you would help me to get out of the way, and I pray that you'd speak today. I pray that anything that I've prepared to say that isn't from you, you just get rid of it. And I pray that um, if there's anything I wasn't planning on saying that, Holy Spirit, you want to say, I just invite you to say it. I just pray that you would speak to our hearts, and thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I know for all of us, we've said this a lot at Paradox, but this has been a hard year for every person. Um, there is no one that this year hasn't touched in some way. There is no one that hasn't experienced some sort of pain or loss in this year um, of 2020 with pandemic, um, COVID-19, everything, you might not have lost um, 
a person, but you might have experienced loss in the form of even just loss of your normal routine, loss of um, even being able to see your people, um, loss of, obviously right now, um, there's loss of school and in-person instruction and things like that. So all of us have experienced loss in some way this year, no matter where we're coming from. Um, And it stinks. We don't want to deal with it. Honestly, I think that most of us would say, Okay, let's just get through this until something better comes. This, this is just like a distraction from what should actually be happening in our lives. Um, and um, like I said, we don't want to deal with it. Sometimes we feel alone in our loss or in pain. Um, we feel like it's not fair. Um, I know sometimes we've even felt like God, maybe God isn't here. Like if I'm experiencing this loss or this pain in my life, he can't be here with me. Or maybe he's here, but he's just passively sitting by and I'm angry at him because he's just sitting there, not doing something about it. I mean, if he is the creator of the universe and he can do anything, why isn't he doing anything to stop this? Um, And some of us have even pushed him away a little bit because we've said, well, if that's true, then I don't want anything to do with him. Um, so to people, um, when, when we think about pain, a lot of times we think about pain as being evidence of God's absence in our lives. But what I want to share with you today that, is that to Jesus, pain is an invitation into his presence. So to us, pain is um, evidence of his absence in our lives, but to Jesus, it's an invitation to his presence. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to share with you a little bit of my story, just of how God's presence has met me in pain that I've experienced. Um, so I'm going to kind of start. I grew up pretty, what most of most people would say, oh, yeah, pretty normal family. Um, grew up living with mom and dad. Um, <clears throat> have, I have a younger sister, Julie, who's five years younger than me. Um, growing up, my dad was a pastor, um, and our family actually started a church together. And this was, like, before, like, <laughs> people didn't really start churches then, so it was just like, okay, let's start a church and get a few people together. Um, I was in elementary school at the time, and honestly, I started following Jesus at a pretty young age. Um, And growing up, I was pretty close with my dad. Um, We did a lot of fun things together. We actually took karate together. I earned my third degree brown belt. Um, I know, I didn't quite get to black, but we did that. And actually, that was so cool because it was during this phase of time, middle school, where there were these girls who thought I said bad things about them. And my dad, and they're like, we're going to beat you up, meet us by the tree outside. And my dad was like, hey, like, let's take karate and you'll learn how to defend yourself. You don't have to be afraid. So yes, but it's just a funny memory. Um, At our church, I was a part of the worship team. So um, I was there a lot. And we just kind of, like my dad would play guitar and drums sometimes. And we, we just kind of bonded through things like that. Um, every summer from middle school on, my dad took my sister and I to a Christian music festival. And this was like Woodstock, but for Christian people. And honestly, it was awesome. Like, like so many good memories. We would go there with a bunch of people from our church too. Um, and my dad growing up was always somebody that I could talk to really honestly. Like I would ask him questions as a teenager that like no teenager would ever ask their parents. But honestly, I just knew that I could, and I knew that he'd answer me honestly, and I knew that my questions were safe with him. So um, that, that's just kind of like a picture of what our relationship was. I learned a lot about marriage from watching my parents. Um, and honestly, if there were any two people in the world that I would have like said, um, they're going to make it, like marriage-wise, they'll never split up, it would be my mom and dad. 
Um, so about six years ago, Dave and I, um, we had two of our kids at the time. We had Jenna and Josh. Josh was not quite one. Um, and my family was living like over, just a little over an hour up north. Um, my sister had just gotten married. Um, generally, things were pretty good in our family and in our lives, um, at least from my perspective. Um, it was also at that time Dave and I were exploring starting a church. We felt like God was maybe calling us to do that. Um, and I remember trying to talk with my dad about it because obviously he had some firsthand experience of what that was like. And it was kind of strange. He actually was kind of, he didn't really seem to want to talk about it. He was kind of distant. And I just was like, oh, maybe he's having a bad day. It was kind of weird. Um, but then um, shortly after like trying to have that conversation, um, at least the unthinkable to me in my life happened. Um, my dad moved out and he filed for divorce. Um, my parents had been married for 35 years. Um, to me, they had an amazing marriage. It was built on Jesus. It was all the things that I had hoped for my own marriage. Um, also in the midst of this, my dad told me not only had he moved out, he was filing for a divorce, but he was not alone. Um, he was with somebody else. Um, and I can honestly say that that event in my life um, was the most devastating, painful thing I've ever walked through. Um, my entire world, like everything I knew to be true was just flipped upside down. Um, and I know a lot of times people will look, I mean, we can always look at other people's pain and say, well, at least you weren't a kid, at least. I mean, the truth is that just pain is pain. And um, it didn't matter that I was grown and that I was married myself. Like, it, it was devastating. Um, uh, <clears throat> and I actually, I even want to say that to any of you today who maybe, like, look at your own life and you say, well, at least I don't have it as bad as this person. And there might be some truth to that. I think sometimes God shows us that we can be grateful for what we have. But I think other times God says to us, hey, what you're experiencing is pain and it's okay to need to walk through that a little bit. Um, so I do want to share with you um, just some of the pain I was going through. Um, I'm not actually naturally somebody who is super in touch with, like, I, I feel a lot of emotions, but I don't necessarily know what they are. So I'm not really good with saying, right now I'm feeling sad or angry. Like, I'll just feel a bunch of things but be kind of confused about it. Um, so that's actually, that's a place where um, God really met me and he helped me with that. Um, so the first thing that I just I wanted to share with you is, is we're talking about God saying pain is an invitation. The first thing he was inviting me into, and I think that he's inviting all of us into, is a deeper relationship with him. Um, <clears throat> shortly before all of this had happened, before we found out about, my, found out about things with my dad, um, our family, Dave and I and our kids, we, had, we work on memorizing scripture together. So a scripture we had memorized was Psalm 34, 18. And it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Um, and I remember, like, as this is happening, and I'm trying to, like, figure out how to process all of this, that, that um, it actually, we learned it as a song. Um, Plug for Seeds Family Worship, they're awesome about taking scripture, putting it to music, and helping adults and kids memorize scripture. But anyway, that song, the verse, kept coming to mind for me. And um, I kept thinking, like, why is this coming to mind? And one day I just felt like God said to me, um, hey, I'm actually bringing that to mind for you. It's me speaking to you through that. And I want you to know that I'm close with you, that I'm not far away. Um, and honestly, it was then that I realized that in some ways I was expecting him to be far away because in a lot of ways my, my dad was. Um, 
Obviously, like, I had lived in a different house. I was married, but in a lot of ways, it felt to me like my dad left me, left our family, too. Um, so at that point in my life, I'd been following Jesus for a while, um, but it was in that place of pain that I experienced the love of the Father um, in ways that I had never experienced before. Um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know what steps to take. I just felt kind of stuck, but even sometimes I would avoid it. Um, to me, it felt like my choices were I can either um, pretend like that I'm okay and just like live my life normally, or I have to like sit here in it and not really know what to do, and neither of them felt like great choices. Um, and I remember one time, I was just like, you know, it was one of the moments where I was feeling like sad about it and I was crying, and I just felt like the Lord said to me, um, you can cry with me, like invite me into this. And I was like, I, I don't, like how? How do I do that? And I actually just felt like he said, just say, hey, um, I want to cry with you. So like, I was like, okay. So I just sat there and really honestly, I sat there and was just aware that he was with me. And it was kind of cool just as that went on days, weeks, months, years, seeing how I actually felt comforted by God. Um, there's another verse in Matthew, Matthew 5, 4, that it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Um, and honestly, that's kind of an interesting verse because, first of all, the first part, blessed are those who mourn. How are we blessed when we're mourning? Like, mourning doesn't feel good. Um, but the second part is why, why there's blessing in it. It's for, the, for they shall be comforted. Um, and so in pain and sadness and heartache, the blessing doesn't come because of the pain. It comes because of who we see God to be in it. So when we see that, like, oh my gosh, I was actually in pain, and somebody, God cared about me enough to actually, like, sit with me. Like, my pain isn't too much for him. He doesn't have a limited amount of time. Like, he actually could, like, if I needed to sit here for five hours, God's there and he's available to do that. Um, when you're comforted by somebody who loves you so much, um, who wants to be there for you, that, there's healing in that. There's life change in that. Um, we can't find comfort like we find in God anywhere else. Um, but with, just like with other people, we have to let him in. He, he can't comfort us if we just sit back and, um, you know, push him away or avoid him. Um, oops. Um, God also does, and he did give me other people to comfort me in my pain as well. Um, that's the beautiful thing about the church. God created the church to be, um, when it's functioning at its best, the church is like, God with skin on, which I know sounds weird, but it's actually like a representation of him on earth that we get to be there for each other and comfort each other. Now, obviously, there's not one person in the church who can be everything to everybody, but that's why we have the whole body with, it, with all of the parts. So maybe there's sometimes there's somebody that is going to like come and pray for me or speak encouragement to me, and then another time I'm going to do that for somebody else, and then somebody different. Like That's the beauty of the church is when we have it all functioning together. We get to give and receive um, from those places of pain. Um, God tells us to first look to him, but then he gives us other people to comfort us too. And I can honestly say that looking back, my relationship with God is so different than it was six years ago. For the better, um, I know him as a father in ways that I never even knew were possible. And frankly, it's because of the absence of my own father in those times. I experience his love, his grace, and his forgiveness um, in new ways because he invited me into a relationship with him.
Um, my second point is pain is also an invitation to take new steps with God. So I was talking a little bit earlier about just feeling stuck in pain and not knowing what to do. Um, Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. This is us talking to God. Um, So you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Um, So as I was just experiencing pain and allowing God into my life in it, there were specific times that he would invite me to take a step with him. Um, Sometimes the steps would have something to do with the pain, and other times it didn't seem to have anything to do with it. But that's just part of having relationship with God is saying like, okay, God, I I know that you're inviting me to take this step and I'm just going to take it with you even though I don't know what what it will look like. Um, This period of everything going on with my dad was also, like I would said earlier, the time where God was kind of calling Dave and I and our family to start a church. And the interesting thing is that the pain didn't stop that from happening. So I mean, I guess if we had chosen to, it could have. I guess we could have said, like, okay, we're not doing this because everything else is too hard right now. But I very, we very much had the sense that, like, these things were happening at the same time. And it wasn't that we would avoid the pain and pretend it wasn't there. But it wasn't that we would say, okay, no, we can't start this church that we feel like God is calling us to do. It was happening at the same time. So I just, I, I just am kind of wondering, I feel like... Maybe there's somebody here or listening today that um, maybe just feels stuck in their pain and stuck feeling like, okay, God just wants me to survive it so I can move on to something else. But I just feel like the Lord wants you to know that like, he actually has adventure for you and there's even adventure in the pain. And sometimes when you're on an adventure, the adventure is going to feel exciting and awesome. And then other times part of the adventure is hard. Um, there's part, times where you have to reroute a little bit. Um, Times you fall and get hurt. That's all part of the adventure, but God does have adventure for all of us. Um, There were times in the process of just taking steps with God that um, my dad wasn't super responsive to me. Like I'd reach out and he didn't always respond or maybe it took a while. Um, And I actually feel like looking back, I feel like that was even just the grace of God in my life giving me a little bit of space to be able to grieve and mourn. And then there were also times I felt like God said, hey, like, I want you to put this boundary down and like, you can, you know, see your dad and be around him, but you're, it's okay for you to protect your heart a little bit in this season and have a boundary here. Um, Another part of the adventure um, was when I was in pain, I would oftentimes find other people who were also in pain. Like as we just walk through life, whatever steps God has us in, um, Sometimes we feel like, okay, my pain, like this is the focus, but God would show me, hey, like I want you to go and encourage that person who's in pain right now. I know that you're in pain, but like you have something from me that I want you to offer them. Um, And honestly, it's really cool just to see how God will do that, like how we actually will use our pain even when we're in the middle of it. Sometimes we think, okay, when I'm done with this, then God will use me, but God will actually use us in the middle of our pain if we let him do it. Um, So... One of the things, just in walking this out, a step that I felt like God was asking me to take was to forgive my dad. And honestly, to me, I, you know, your whole life, you're like, okay, your sister kicks you, and you're like, I forgive you, whatever. But to me, I was like, I don't even know how to forgive for this. Like, my heart is so hurting, and my dad at the time was not remorseful, and I just felt like God said to me, "Um, I want you to start the process. Like, I'm inviting you to do that. Um... And I actually, ultimately, I felt like God said, 
that he wanted my heart to be free. Um, so he wanted me to start that process. And to be honest, it was super simple. I, this is part of why the church is good, too, because I was with a friend, and um, we were talking about it a little bit, and then um, she said, well, why don't we, like, pray about this? And, and it, w- it was really simple. We just honestly, she said, hey, like, let's ask God, what, what do you need to forgive your dad for? Like, list it out. So I'm asking God, and anything that would come to mind, I would just write down. Like, hearing from God isn't necessarily, like, this huge epiphany. It would be like, okay, what came into mind? Okay, great. I'm going to write that down. And then we just sat together, and we prayed, like, God, I forgive my dad for blank, blank, blank. And so I'm saying these words out loud, even though I'm like, okay, do I actually feel that way? I don't know if I feel that way. Um, and I forgive him for how it affected me and how it made me feel this way, this way, whatever it was. Um, and then after that, I still had to go to God, like pretty much every day and be like, okay, God, like I forgive my dad for whatever it was today that I was having a hard time with. And it was like that first step of saying, okay, I'm going to start the process of forgiving my dad. Like I was, God was able to build on it after that. And eventually my heart started to actually feel it too. So in the beginning... I was like saying the words and taking it to God, but I didn't feel very forgiving. But over time, God helped my heart to feel forgiving. Um, There was one time God asked me, he said, hey, I want you to have a conversation with your dad in a loving, honoring way, without bitterness, without resentment. I want you to tell him that you forgive him, and I want you to tell him how difficult this has made your life. Um, And obviously, like, so that right there, that's a step, and it was very simple to me, but it didn't mean that it was easy. There was part of me that wanted to avoid it altogether. There was part of me that wanted to be mad and angry when I talked to him. And sometimes when God gives us a step, it's simple, but it doesn't mean it's an easy step. Um, there were just a few other examples of steps that God had asked me to take in the process. He would ask me, he'd say, hey, invite your dad over. Um, I want you to reach out with him and encourage him today. I want you to speak his identity over him, the one that I, I meaning God, gave him. I want you to send him a card or a note or a book. Um, none of these steps were huge things, but like I said, they weren't always easy to do. Um, but each step you take, God will show you the next step after that. Um, a few years after finding out all of this, you know, my dad actually, he got remarried, um, And this on its own brought its own set of grief into it. Um, I hadn't met his wife or anything, and, um, you know, it was just difficult, honestly. And, but then within six months of him getting married, um, he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Um, He spent several days in a row in the hospital, and he was just getting tests done, trying to figure out what this meant, how they could do treatment, things like that. Um, I remember actually Dave was out of town on a mission trip, and I felt like God just said, go to the hospital and be with him. Um, and I, this time, again, this is a simple step. Okay, just go to the hospital and be with him. But I'm like, I haven't even ever met his wife. Like, this is, like, to me, this felt really hard to do. Um, but ultimately, I just felt like God said, I'm going to be with you. Just go. Um, so I went. And um, honestly, I'm so glad that I went. It was actually really good to see my dad. God gave me an opportunity to pray with him and his wife. I got to meet her first of all, um, and even just share hope, share hope in Jesus. Um, it was honestly something that God knew that I needed to go. Um, his cancer diagnosis was a whole other area of pain, 
to work through. Um, for the two years after his diagnosis, I, I consistently felt like God would say to me um, that I want you to pray and believe for your dad's healing, um, even though the prognosis was not good. Um, I also felt like he was inviting me to take more steps into relationship with my dad, with my dad's wife, and with her son. Along the way, I'm certain that there were probably steps that I missed, but because I was walking with Jesus, he was faithful to show me, like, hey, we got to get back on here. Like, this is the path I have you on. Um, just like that verse says, he makes known to us the path of life. Like, as we're walking with him, if we miss a step, he's faithful to show us where to get back on. Um, there were steps that he had to carry me through. There were steps that I took not happy about it. Um, there were probably things happening that he was saying and doing that I didn't see. Um, I know I didn't walk this out perfectly, um, but the whole point was that Jesus walked with me and he was perfect. Um, and he never left, which is actually my last point today. Um, pain is an opportunity to see the faithfulness of God. Um, so it's through this season of my life that I've seen the faithfulness of God. Um, his faithfulness was always something like growing up in the church you always hear about, and it says all over the Bible like how faithful the Lord is. Um, so I knew this. like I knew, okay, God is faithful. But then um, when you actually experience something in your life where like God shows up and is faithful, like when you see like, oh my gosh, God is still with me. He hasn't left me. Um, it becomes something that you actually know in your heart. Um, when others around me prove to be human and mess up, because honestly with my dad, my dad is human, just like I'm human. He messes up just like I mess up with my kids. But God proved that he's the one who always stays faithful, that God would never change no matter what other people did. Um, <clears throat> so about a year ago, I was at a conference, and I had felt like uh, we things... My dad was actually doing pretty well, like he had had surgery, his cancer was almost gone, and I again felt sort of stuck in, like, what's going on with our relationship? I don't really know. Like, I didn't feel like I really knew what to do. Um, but somebody had spoke on just this verse in Ephesians where it talks about, Ephesians 4, verse 3, it talks about making every effort um, for you to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And I really felt like God used that verse to just like pierce my heart and say to me, Gwen, you've made some effort, but you have not made every effort. And sorry, sometimes I get weepy when I talk about just how good God is. I actually just felt like it was so cool because God actually said to me, um, I know it doesn't feel fair that in some ways you're leading. You have to lead your dad right now. But it's what I've called you to do. So I want you to make every effort for, for unity with him. Um, and actually, after that, I just felt a lot of peace. And I felt like he even gave me clear steps, like, here's how you're going to do it. And it doesn't matter how your dad responds to you. You're going to make every effort. Um, so I had a choice there. I could have said yes. I could have said no. And I just decided, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say yes. Um, what was really cool was my dad actually did respond back. Um, there was actually quite a bit of relationship that I was able to build, that my family was able to build with him and even with his wife in that time. And then at the very end of last year, um, just as I'm talking about 2020 with God and, God, what do you have for me this year? I felt like 
a verse that he showed me was Revelation 21. It's three, three verses, verses three through five. And it says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. His faithfulness has nothing to do with our circumstances. His faithfulness has to do with who he is and what he says. These verses show us how he dwells with us, how we belong to him, how he won't ever leave us, how he's promised to wipe every tear from our eyes, and ultimately how he's making all things new. Some of that we get to see here on earth, and some of it is a promise for eternity. Um, in April or May this past year, we found out um, that my dad's cancer had returned. And I remember that still, I just felt like God kept saying, pray and believe for his healing. Um, there was actually one point that I had said to Dave, so I feel like I'm supposed to be praying and believing for this, and but what if he doesn't heal him? What if my dad dies? Like, I want him healed now, and if I pray and believe for it, like, what will I do? And actually, God really spoke to me um, through Dave that day. He honestly, he said something along the lines of, well, you get to choose. We can either believe or we cannot believe. What feels better in your heart? Um, and I knew then that what felt best and most free in my heart was to believe and to trust in the faithfulness of God. I'm not believing and trusting that my dad will be healed the way that I think he should be healed or healed the way that I expect God to heal him, but I'm trusting and believing that he, there's a verse that says, he who has called you is faithful and he will do it. So God called me to pray for my dad's healing. I'm going to believe and trust in that. Um, my hope needs to be anchored in the person of Jesus. So I'm praying and believing for that and in July, we found out, the doctors actually said there's, it was like July 1st or maybe June 30th, they said there's nothing more we can do, there isn't treatment, there isn't any medicine, we just need to make him comfortable at this point. Um, they sent him home with hospice, um, estimating, they, would, they were saying maybe a couple months left, um, and I'm having this back and forth with God, I'm going, okay, I'm praying and believing for healing God because that's what you said to do, but it looks like he's going to die. I mean, there's this back and forth of it. Um, of course, as his daughter, I'm sad, you know, like it's a whole other thing. Like I had experienced some form of loss six years prior, but then just the loss of feeling like, oh my gosh, he won't actually be on earth with me. Like I won't see him anymore if he dies. Um, and then honestly, like just as I'm mourning my own possibility of loss, I start to think about my dad's wife. Um, and God did something in my heart where I actually felt sad for her. Um, even though she had really, there was a lot of ways that her and my dad had really hurt me. And I actually felt like, oh my gosh, like nobody gets married and expects two years later that you're going to be walking through this with your husband. Um, 
And I'm actually mourning for her and for what she's going to lose. And I'm not telling you this to like toot my own horn. This isn't me. This is evidence of God. Like me on my own, I'm not going to be thinking about other people's pain, especially people who have caused me pain. But what he did in my heart was he actually like set me free so that I could actually see pain in other people, even people who had hurt me. Um, I was able, Dave and I were able just in that last um, little while just to encourage and love my dad um, in ways like I had never even expected. Um, and it's not because of who I am or because of who we are, but it's because of who God is and how he changes our hearts. Like at the beginning of the year when I felt like God said, I'm making all things new, I felt like God said, I'm making your heart new. I'm actually changing your heart. Um, Six days after being sent home with hospice, my dad died. Um, they had told us that it'd be a few months, but it just happened really fast. We found out the night before that he had, they said about 12 to 24 hours left, and um, it was actually a huge blessing. Dave and I were able to go and be with him um, at his house with his wife and her son and then my dad's brother and my dad's sister. Um, it was a sad, painful night, um, but it was actually really beautiful. <laughs> Um, we sat around, we shared stories about my dad. Um, we prayed together, we cried, um, we spent some time worshiping and then receiving comfort from God too. Um, we were kind of in and out of sleep because we're up just all night. And then around 5 or 5.30 that morning, um, we had all fallen asleep for maybe about an hour or two. And it was just like the Lord woke all of us up. <clears throat> We had heard my dad's labored breathing. It's something we, the doc, they had told us, the nurses, to expect. And we just heard it getting slower and slower and slower. Um, we heard his last three breaths. And we were around him. We just held him. We told him we loved him. And then he was gone. And so many feelings rushed in in that instant of knowing he was gone. Obviously, there was sadness um, just in that reality for my life, um, that my dad was gone. But the thing that I didn't expect that probably like the overarching feeling that I had was joy. And the joy was obviously not because he was gone, but um, my just God had changed my heart so much that I actually just felt joy for my dad because... I knew that all the things that God had said to me, pray for your dad, were true. I knew that God had healed my dad, and he had set him free. He didn't have cancer anymore. And there was like this feeling of joy and relief in knowing that the thing God invited me to pray, even though it didn't happen maybe the way I wanted it to, it's true. My dad is healed. My dad is always going to be cancer-free now. I don't ever have to pray that my dad, for my dad's cancer again because he doesn't have it anymore. Um, and I was even just thankful, like this rushing feeling of that I did get to have a relationship with my dad at the end of his life. I was thankful for just everything from before, too. Like, I'm able to even just to look at that now and see, like, my dad was awesome. And I, I don't just see the pain of what was causing that time. Yes, I see it, but I also see in that just the faithfulness of God. Um, and I'm really, really thankful that just God invited me to take those steps with him and to show his faithfulness. And I, I'm thankful that God gave me the grace to say yes. Um, 
we don't say yes because we're so great. Like it's God's grace on our lives for us to even say yes to him, um, to the steps he's inviting us to. And then honestly, at the end, just seeing that my life is drenched in God's faithfulness. Um, so is there mourning and grief still? Yes. I'm not living that revelation reality yet where there's no more pain, no more mourning. But I do see that God is making all things new. I wish he didn't die. Um, but one thing that God taught me in these six years um, is just something that I had heard a few years ago from just a friend of ours, um, a friend of a friend through a church um, in Indianapolis. It's just an, this analogy of a button-down shirt. So if you think of a button-down shirt, sometimes when you're putting on a button-down shirt, I know with my kids, like my son, he'll try to button it in the middle, and then, oh man, the buttons are all messed up. They don't quite work out. Um, so, but if you start buttoning your button-down shirt from the top, and you take the top button and make sure it's lined up with the hole and start there and work your way down, all of the buttons fall into place. So the top button in life is the faithfulness and the goodness of God. So when our top button in life is that God is good and God is faithful and that is what I believe and hope in and that's my anchor, the other buttons in your life, they fall into place. It doesn't mean they fall into place perfect. It doesn't mean your life is rainbows and sunshine all the time. Sometimes the shirt is wrinkled. Sometimes, like, you had a little too much at Thanksgiving and that button doesn't fit. But when, when our top button, when our top button is buttoned first, when the faithfulness and the goodness of God is everything, the rest is going to work. Um, so just in these next few moments, we're going to have a chance to respond um, just to what God is doing. And I believe that he's speaking to all of us today in some ways. I, I just love how God does that. He's probably speaking to every person here totally different ways because he knows where we're at in life. Um, so just as, re, as we respond, there's going to be people um, right outside these doors that are available to pray with you. If you just want to invite, like I said earlier, like the church's God with skin on, if you want to invite someone in to whatever you're walking through and ask them to pray with you, they'd love to do that. Um, but just as we respond, I, I just encourage you to ask God, ask God where in my life maybe have you been faithful and I haven't noticed? Or maybe what step are you inviting me to take? Whether it's into relationship with him or if it's a clear step on whatever place in the journey that he has you on. But he has something really good for you. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.